Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan Part 1, The Third Stage, Continued The Cross Now I saw in my dream that the highway up which Christian was to go was fenced on either side with a wall, and that wall was called Salvation. Up this way, therefore, did burdened Christian run, but not without great difficulty, because of the load on his back. He ran thus till he came at a place somewhat ascending, and upon that place stood a cross, and a little below, in the bottom, a sepulchre. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up to the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders, and fell from off his back, and began to tumble and so continued to do, till it came to the mouth of the sepulchre, where it fell in, and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad, and lightsome, and said with a merry heart, He hath given me rest by his sorrow, and life by his death. Then he stood still a while to look and wonder, for it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should thus ease him of his burden. He looked, therefore, and looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent the waters down his cheeks. Now, as he stood looking and weeping, behold, three shining ones came to him and saluted him with, Peace be to thee. So the first said to him, Thy sins be forgiven thee. The second stripped him of his rags and clothed him with change of raiment. The third also set a mark on his forehead and gave him a roll with a seal upon it which he bade him look on as he ran, and that he should give it in at the celestial gate. So they went on their way. Then Christian gave three leaps for joy and went on singing, Thus far did I come laden with my sin, nor could aught ease the grief that I was in, till I came hither. What a place is this! Must here be the beginning of my bliss! Must here the burden fall from off my back! Must hear the strings that bound it to me crack. Blessed cross, blessed sepulchre, blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. Simple, sloth, and presumption. I saw then in my dream that he went on thus even until he came at the bottom where he saw, a little out of the way, three men fast asleep, with fetters upon their heels. The name of the one was Simple another sloth, and the third presumption. Christian then seeing them lie in this case, went to them, if peradventure he might awake them, and cried, You are like them that sleep on the top of a mast, for the dead sea is under you, a gulf that hath no bottom. Awake, therefore, and come away. Be willing also, and I will help you off with your irons. He also told them, if he that goes about like a roaring lion comes by, you will certainly become a prey to his teeth. With that they looked upon him, and began to reply in this sort. Simple said, I see no danger. Sloth said, Yet a little more sleep. And presumption said, Every vat must stand upon its own bottom. And so they lay down to sleep again, and Christian went on his way. Formalist and Hypocrisy 
Yet was he troubled to think that men in that danger should so little esteem the kindness of him that so freely offered to help them, both by awakening of them, counseling of them, and proffering to help them off with their irons. And as he was troubled thereabout, he espied two men come tumbling over the wall, on the left hand of the narrow way, and they made up a pace to him. The name of the one was formalist, and the name of the other, hypocrisy. So, as I said, they drew up unto him, who thus entered with them into discourse. Gentlemen, said Christian, whence came you, and whither do you go? We, said formalist and hypocrisy, were born in the land of vain glory, and are going for praise to Mount Zion. Why came you not in at the gate, said Christian, which stands at the beginning of the way? Know you not that it is written, that he that enters not in by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber? They said that to go to the gate for entrance was by all their countrymen counted too far about, and that therefore their usual way was to make a short cut of it, and to climb over the wall as they had done. But, said Christian, will it not be counted a trespass against the lord of the city, whither we are bound, thus to violate his revealed will? They told him that, as for that, he needed not to trouble his head thereabout, for what they did they had custom for, and could produce, if need were, testimony that would witness it for more than a thousand years. But, said Christian, will your practice stand a trial at law? They told him that custom, it being of so long a standing as above a thousand years, would doubtless now be admitted as a thing legal by any impartial judge. And besides, said they, so be we get into the way, what's matter which way we get in? If we are in, we are in. Thou art but in the way, who, as we perceive, came in at the gate, and we are also in the way, that came tumbling over the wall. Wherein now is thy condition better than ours? I walk by the rule of my master, said Christian. You walk by the rude working of your fancies. You are counted thieves already by the lord of the way. Therefore I doubt you will not be found true men at the end of the way. You come in by yourselves without his direction, and shall go by yourselves without his mercy. To this they made but little answer, only they bid him look to himself. Then I saw that they went on every man in his way, without much conference one with another, save that these two men told Christian that as to laws and ordinances they doubted not, but they should as conscientiously do them, as he. Therefore, said they, we see not wherein thou differest from us, but by the coat that is on thy back, which was, as we think, given thee by some of thy neighbors to hide the shame of thy nakedness. By laws and ordinances you will not be saved, said Christian, since you came not in by the door. And as for this coat that is on my back, it was given me by the lord of the place whither I go, and that, as you say, to cover my nakedness with and I take it as a token of his kindness to me, for I had nothing but rags before. And besides, thus I comfort myself as I go. Surely, think I, when I come to the gate of the city, the Lord thereof will know me for good, since I have his coat on my back, a coat that he gave me freely in the day that he stripped me of my rags. I have, moreover, a mark on my forehead, of which, perhaps, you have taken no notice. 
which one of my lord's most intimate associates fixed there in the day that my burden fell off my shoulders. I will tell you, moreover, that I had then given me a roll sealed to comfort me by reading as I go in the way. I was also bidden to give it at the celestial gate, in token of my certain going in after it, all which things I doubt you want, and want them because you came not in at the gate. To these things they gave him no answer, only they looked upon each other and laughed. Then I saw that they all went on, save that Christian kept before, who had no more talk but with himself, and that sometimes sighingly, and sometimes comfortably. Also he would be often reading in the roll that one of the shining ones gave him, by which he was refreshed. I beheld then that they all went on till they came to the foot of the hill, Difficulty, at the bottom of which was a spring. There were also, in the same place, two other ways besides that which came straight from the gate. One turned to the left hand, and the other to the right at the bottom of the hill. But the narrow way lay right up the hill and the name of the going up the side of the hill is called Difficulty. Christian now went to the spring, and drank thereof to refresh himself, and then began to go up the hill, saying, This hill, though high, I covet to ascend. The difficulty will not me offend, for I perceive the way to life lies here. Come, pluck up, heart, let's neither faint nor fear. Better, though difficult, the right way to go than wrong, though easy, where the end is woe. The other two also came to the foot of the hill, but when they saw that the hill was steep and high, and that there were two other ways to go, and supposing also that these two ways might meet again with that of which Christian went, on the other side of the hill, therefore they were resolved to go in those ways. Now the name of one of those ways was danger, and the name of the other, destruction. So the one took the way which is called danger, which led him into a great wood, and the other took directly up the way to destruction, which led him into a wide field full of dark mountains, where he stumbled and fell, and rose no more. Timorous and Mistrust I looked then after Christian, to see him go up the hill, when I perceived he fell from running to going, from going to clamoring upon his hands and his knees, because of the steepness of the place. Now about the midway to the top of the hill was a pleasant arbor, made by the lord of the hill for the refreshment of weary travelers. Thither, therefore, Christian got, where also he sat down to rest. Then he pulled his roll out of his bosom, and read therein to his comfort. He also now began afresh to take review of the coat or garment that was given him as he stood by the cross. Thus pleasing himself a while, he at last fell into a slumber, and thence into a fast sleep, which detained him in that place until it was almost night. And in his sleep his roll fell out of his hand. Now as he was sleeping there came one to him, and awaked him, saying, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. And with that Christian suddenly started up, and sped him on his way, and went apace till he came to the top of the hill. Now when he was got up to the top of the hill, there came two men running against him furiously. The name of the one was Timorous, and the name of the other, Mistrust. To whom Christian said, Sirs, what's the matter? You run the wrong way. Timorous answered that they were going to the city of Zion, and had got up that difficult place. But, said he, the farther we go, the more danger we meet with. Wherefore we turned, and are going back again. Yes, said Mistrust, for just before us lie a couple of lions in the way, 
whether sleeping or waking we know not. And we could not think if we came within reach, but they would presently pull us in pieces. Then said Christian, You make me afraid, but whither shall I fly to be safe? If I go back to mine own country, that is prepared for fire and brimstone, and I shall certainly perish there. If I can get to the celestial city, I am sure to be in safety there. I must venture. To go back is nothing but death. To go forward is fear of death, and life everlasting beyond it. I will yet go forward. Sleep in the Daytime So Mistrust and Timorous ran down the hill, and Christian went on his way. But thinking again of what he heard from the men, he felt in his bosom for his role, that he might read therein and be comforted. But he felt and found it not. Then was Christian in great distress, and knew not what to do, for he wanted that which used to relieve him, and that which should have been his pass into the celestial city. Here, therefore, he began to be much perplexed, and knew not what to do. At last he bethought himself that he had slept in the arbor that is on the side of the hill, and falling down upon his knees he asked God forgiveness for that his foolish act, and then went back to look for his role. But all the way he went back, who can sufficiently set forth the sorrow of Christian's heart? Sometimes he sighed, sometimes he wept, and oftentimes he chided himself for being so foolish as to fall asleep in that place, which was erected only for a little refreshment from his weariness. Thus, therefore, he went back, carefully looking on this side and on that all the way as he went, if happily he might find his role that had been his comfort so many times in his journey. He went thus, till he came again within sight of the arbor where he sat and slept. But that sight renewed his sorrow the more, by bringing again, even afresh, his evil of sleeping into his mind. Thus, therefore, he now went on bewailing his sinful sleep, saying, O wretched man that I am, that I should sleep in the daytime, that I should sleep in the midst of difficulty, that I should so indulge the flesh, as to use that rest for ease to my flesh which the Lord of the hill hath erected only for the relief of the spirits of pilgrims. How many steps have I taken in vain? Thus it happened to Israel. For their sin they were sent back again by the way of the Red Sea. And I am made to tread those steps with sorrow, which I might have trod with delight, had it not been for this sinful sleep. How far might I have been on my way by this time? I am made to tread those steps thrice over, which I needed not to have trod but once. Yea, now also I am like to be benighted, for the day is almost spent. Oh, that I had not slept! Now by this time he was come to the arbor again, where for a while he sat down and wept. But at last, as Christian would have it, looking sorrowfully down under the settle, there he espied his role the which he with trembling and haste caught up and put into his bosom. But who can tell how joyful this man was when he had gotten his role again? For this role was the assurance of his life and acceptance at the desired haven. Therefore he laid it upon his bosom, gave thanks to God for directing his eye to the place where it lay, and with joy and tears betook himself again to his journey. But oh, how nimbly now did he go up the rest of the hill! Yet before he got up, the sun went down upon Christian, and this made him again recall the vanity of his sleeping, and thus he again began to condole with himself. O oh, thou sinful sleep, 
How for thy sake am I like to be benighted in my journey? I must walk without the sun. Darkness must cover the path of my feet, and I must hear the noise of the doleful creatures because of my sinful sleep. Now also he remembered the story that Mistrust and Timorous told him of, how they were frightened with the sight of the lions. Then said Christian to himself again, These beasts range in the night for their prey, and if they should meet with me in the dark, how should I shift them? How should I escape being by them torn in pieces? Thus he went on his way. But while he was thus bewailing his unhappy miscarriage, he lift up his eyes, and behold, there was a very stately palace before him, the name of which was Beautiful, and it stood just by the highway side. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>